So in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Radio Flash, Armada's military electromagnetic spectrum podcast with your host Tom Withington at the controls. Once again, this year's Electronic Warfare Europe event was a resounding success. Held in the delightful city of Bonn, Western Germany, delegates were treated to thought-provoking papers, erudite discussion and impressive technology, all courtesy of the Association of Old Crows tireless organisation. One of the speakers was Major Eric Bamford. Major Bamford is the Principal Electronic Warfare Staff Officer in the Norwegian Armed Forces and Director of the Old Crows Region 1. This region covers Europe, Africa, the Middle East and India. His presentation discussed the value of command and control of electromagnetic operations and he joins us today all the way from Oslo. Eric, great to see you as always. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So let's start with your presentation. And for those in the audience who are unable to attend the show in Bonn, just what were your central points? So the big central point is I came in after some of the uh, German keynotes had talked about the convergence of the electromagnetic spectrum and cyberspace. And I spoke predominantly about command and control of the electromagnetic base without the convergence bit. And I started off uh, explaining when the electromagnetic spectrum actually came about within the initial seconds after the big bang and i have a you know from a personal view i have a slight challenge on on converging this really really old phenomena with a cyberspace that is inherently constructed by by uh, humans uh, sometimes uh, late 60s so the approach is in, re- in reality, we need to kind of fix and, and understand how we access spectrum and how we utilize spectrum before we start converging with, with the other domains. Uh, plus, we're not a domain or the spectrum is not a domain as, as per se. Well, that segues us in quite nicely to my next question. I mean, there's been a big debate, hasn't it, within our community about this the levels of convergence, let's say, with the cyber domain. How do we... I suppose, how do we all live together in a sense and how do we all play nice together? One of the questions that that triggers from my perspective is that's one of the key challenges that we face in the community regarding electromagnetic operations, command and control. What are the other things that we need to be thinking about alongside that? Another key takeaway that I'm, uh, I'll reveal straight away because it's actually at the end of my presentation and that's the, uh, you cannot operate in any single domain today and communicate or, or interact with the uh, other domains without spectrum. So spectrum is the overarching phenomena that actually allows us to, to link together all these other domains, uh, share information, wireless, and you know just be part of a, a common operation. So in reality, to use the, uh, the words of NATO, the warfighting development agenda, it is the orchestration of military activities across all domains and environments. That is spectrum. I suppose as a follow-up to that, I mean, this is a conversation that we've often had between ourselves within the sort of EW community, if you like, and the, let's say, the electromagnetic community. I think broadly speaking, 
to a greater or lesser extent, we all get it, you know, and we, we're all we're all quite affirmed on that. I think one of the challenges that we have is explaining to people outside the community the centrality of the spectrum and its importance to exactly the points that you've just mentioned. I mean, how do we do that? How do we get the message out there? And how can we help people to understand effectively what we're talking about? To, to that question, I, uh, I brought in a, a copy of a document uh, that I showcased that is in reality a document that talks to the erosion of military spectrum. There is a, just the title of the document puts up a, a presumption that there is a military spectrum and a civilian spectrum. Uh, and the reality is that there's only one spectrum. We, and we need to interact across you know, all the, the instruments of power and the entire civilian uh, sector. Uh, and we need to, to be allowed to maneuver in this, this spectrum. Sometimes, you know, in other people's portion of the spectrum or on, on frequencies that have been allocated or assigned to, to other specific needs. And there's an there's a understanding today that spectrum, just or going back to the title again, erosion of military spectrum, it, that is a peace dividend approach to, to the spectrum. Uh, because the erosion of military spectrum is, it's kind of like, it's a set truth that we are only allowed a portion of the spectrum in operations, but in reality, we can maneuver across the entire spectrum if we actually train it, if we have civilian society accept that sometimes we need to actually interfere, utilize portions that in peacetime has been allocated uh, and assigned to civilian communications, sensors, or whatever's there. So in peacetime, it is a natural re- natural resource of the uh, of the sovereign state, uh, but in battle, it is an absolutely contested environment where uh, we need to understand that we might stand or face an adversary that uh, takes that world uh, or the the regulatory uh, approach and throws it out the window and he says, I'm going to go all over the place. And we need to be able to to exploit that and deny him that that capability as well. Um, forgive me for making an air power reference here with you being an army officer, but um, it sort of reminds me in a sense of how we can see airspace, if you like, that in when we live at peace in the NATO countries that we do at the moment, we enjoy the use of airspace. We go on holidays, you know, we go to our work appointments using airlines. But when it comes to war, suddenly that is contested and your ability to use that as a civil society goes down. And that can have implications for imports and exports and movement of people as well as the, the conflict element of it. And one of the things I've been thinking about is that in order to have the conversation with people, sometimes I find it quite helpful to bring it back to, I don't want to sound condescending, but put things in terms the civilian world can maybe comprehend. So if you have um, a war, as we're seeing in Ukraine at the moment, you're going to have civilians who do get denied their use of spectrum. Their mobile phones might not work. The internet might be down. The, the, the G, GPS, for instance, could be affected. And I, I've... I wonder what your thoughts are on also getting that conversation out into the civilian domain of that this is just this is not just a military problem. This affects all of us. There's a slide that I copied off the the U.S. Government Accountability Office because they actually have a picture in one of their unclassified documents that talks about the failure of implementing the what they call EMS three strategy in the U.S. or the U.S. DoD, and by 
altering that slide to to fit the purpose of, of this the presentation I had as well. We are talking about four different approach or three different approaches on the the uh, or four C's: uh, constrained, congested, connected, and contested. Uh, and, and what you just said about the uh, civilian sector being affected as well. So. I would approach this as we have two different constraints on, on how we utilize that, I don't like the word, civilian spectrum, but we have one regulatory. Now that can be fixed, but we have an, another constraint as well. And that is the, we are today inherently dependent on a semi or some sort or some level of functional civilian uh, access to the spectrum as well, because they are a big part of our logistics. We have, they are, you know, the, the, the other instruments of power, the, the diplomacy, the uh, information, the uh, economy is heavily, de heavily de uh, dependent on, on spectrum as well. And we need actually those to function alongside us. We cannot do this alone as a military on a peer-to-peer -peer, uh, battle. So those are the two different constraints that we have. Then we have the congestion of the spectrum. So one thing is when you have allied forces coming in and they are they have they bring in radio sets that are you know operating in the same frequency ranges as as anybody else's uh, so how do we kind of uh, interact and and make room for for allies that we are operating next to and we need to stay connected so that's kind of the the three of the c's on the opposite side of on the red side of this it's uh, there's also a congestion there because when the adversary just you know uh, lights up and illuminates his, his uh, radio frequency devices, he chews away a lot of spectrum as well. And he's in the same spectrum as we are. So uh, there will be uh, a congestedness, both green, blue, red, if you like, and he still hasn't done anything bad. He, has, he still hasn't done anything to try to influence uh, our use of the spectrum by denying us uh, spectrum access. So that that is the fourth component on this one, on the contested bit, where he actually then goes and tries uh, actively to deny uh, spectrum access. So that that kind of and that will also affect the the civilian side. One thing I didn't bring up in the presentation that I had in Germany was military 5G. As we actually start operating 5G military uh, on the military side as well we will be multiplexed into the same frequency bands as civilians as well uh, in addition to other parts of the spectrum where we only use 5g technology without using the same radio components that's in your commercial 5g but any use of 5g as well will be uh, affected when the adversary understands that he also needs to to move into you know, pushing effects onto identified allocated 5G bands uh, without having the, the luxury of going into specific uh, multiplexed time loops. Uh, and that will then affect the civil society in that area. Could you talk to us a little bit about the work that you're doing with the Old Crows and your, your responsibility, obviously, as director of Region 1? And, and I'm thinking about the conversation we've been having about getting that message out, obviously having that conversation with the policymakers and wider civil society. To me, the uh, the big issue about AOC is uh, the advocacy, or it's it's twofold. Advocacy is the one, uh, and building understanding is another. Sometimes they overlap, sometimes they they are the same. 
sometimes it is you know it's it's building knowledge within the already existing community of where we're going on on spectrum operations so it's uh, i don't i don't think on a, on a european scale that we are as outgoing towards the political level as the the us central part of the aoc uh, we have uh, we have a different approach to to uh, advocacy or, or lobbying uh, on the European side uh, or within that region. Uh, so to us, it would be more traveling around and and moving AOC Europe around the different nations in Europe uh, and allowing these uh, government representatives from those nations that then host the AOC Europe, uh, allowing them uh, visibility of what EW is, what EMO is, bring in their thoughts when uh, the host nation then brings in their keynotes and allows us to have a communication. And that will be the one of the key advocacy bits uh, for AOC Europe in future. And uh, on that note, I do believe that uh, next year we're going to be visiting your country, Norway, for uh, the EW Europe conference. Absolutely. So that will be on the uh, 13th through 15th of May next year. And I hope the weather is as good as it is today uh, with 25 degrees, no cloud base. And I hope for the uh, attending people that the euro stays as it is right now because then the beer will seem cheap. (laughs) Well, you have tough competition, I think, because the beer in Bonn, I must say, was very good. Myself and Ken Miller enjoyed a a glass or two when we were doing our podcast um, one evening. Um, But Eric, listen, it's always an absolute pleasure catching up with you. I've I've really enjoyed our chat. Do keep in touch. And um, I'm hoping we can get you back on again soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Don't forget, if you want to learn more about the Association of Old Crows, do visit their website at crows.org. And also there's more electromagnetic news and analysis at armadainternational.com. That's all we've got time for. Thanks for listening.